All right, we're going to begin here on Daf Samach Amud Aleph with the new parak. Now, the new parak is shifting the theme of the Mishnayot from what we've seen in the last couple of prakim. In the last couple of prakim, the discussion was really revolved around the issue of certain terminology or certain words or certain items. What does it mean, Belishon Bnei Adam? So we saw that with Basar, we saw that with other items that the Mishnayot are trying to discuss what exactly the meaning of that term is, Belishon Bnei Adam. Now, these Mishnayot in this parak shift from talking about the object of the nether to the term limits of the nether. If a nether is taken for a certain time period, the Lishon Bnei Adam, what does that time period mean? If you talk about certain structures of time, obviously, halakhically, there are certain meanings to the structures of time. There's also certain meanings within the context of the Torah. But then here, by Nidarim, we're going to have to Lishon Bnei Adam. And the question is, what do these terms mean within Lashom Bnei Adam? And that's going to be the theme of our parak. So the parak begins, Konam Yain Sheini Toim Hayom Eino Asur So again, Konam Yain is not really relevant. That's just the example of the nether. It could be with anything. It's just that's the nether that he took, and that's the sample nether. What's important here is the term or duration in which he took the nether. He says, Konam Yaim Shani Toim Hayom, today. So what does today mean, Belashom Bene Adam? Eno Asur Elajitechshach. He's only Asur until dark on that day. Dark could mean Shkia. If you look in the Gemara and other places with regards to Tanit, it seems like a Tanit really ends by Shkia. On the other hand, many of the Rishonim here note that Achitechshach, like our practice is, that we wait for the Taniot to end until Tzaytokol Chavim. And therefore, Achitech Shachir would also be until Tzaytakokhavim. If he said Shabbat Zo, if the time or the duration in which he set the netter was Shabbat Zo, Asur Bechola Shabbat, then he's restricted in the whole Shabbat. Ve Shabbat She'avra. Over here, there is actually a machloket about the Girsa, and likely there are two explanations of this piece of the Mishnah, and they're probably connected to the change in Girsa. The word Shabbat, in general, can have two meanings. The word Shabbat can refer to the day itself, called Shabbat. But the word Shabbat also can refer to the week itself. The whole week, which is the Shabbat, means the seven days that lead to the Yom HaShvi'i, which is Shabbat. So here, in this instance, the individual took a nether and he said, Shabbat Zo. He said the duration of the nether is for this Shabbat. What did he mean when he said that it was for Shabbat Zo? So now the Mishnah says, Asur Bechol Shabbat. He's Asur B'chol Shabbat. Now it seems that this means that he's Asur in the whole week, the upcoming week that's there, and B'Shabbat She'avra, and the Shabbat that belongs to the previous week. So we'll start with Rashi's explanation of the Mishnah over here. Rashi says that the individual taking the nether is on Shabbat itself. He's standing on Shabbat and taking the nether while he's standing on Shabbat. What the Mishnah now says is that he's now Asur, in the upcoming week, the six weekdays that are coming up, that's Sunday through Friday in the upcoming week, and Shabbat Shavra, and the Shabbat that is from the previous week, meaning the Shabbat that he's standing in currently. So when he says Shabbat Zo, he means to include the Shabbat that he's standing on currently, plus the upcoming weekdays, which are the next six weekdays from Sunday until Friday. That's the way Rashi interprets the Mishnah, that all the cases in the Mishnah are a case where he's standing on the day that is being discussed. So over here, in this case, he's standing on Shabbat itself, and he goes in and takes the nether. Now, Shabbat really belongs to the previous week, and that's why it's called Shabbat Shavra. 
Shabbat is known as Yom Hashivi'i. It's the seventh day of the week. Seventh day of the week is the termination of the week. If that's the case, then Shabbat is the end of the previous week, not the beginning of the successive week. So now when the Mishnah says over here that the Shabbat that he's standing in, he has to keep as part of his nether, it refers to it as a Shabbat Shavra, previous Shabbat. Not previous, meaning the one that passed already, but previous because it belongs to the previous week. So his construction of his week will be that the Shabbat that he's standing on, and then the upcoming six weekdays afterwards. That's the way Rashi learns the Mishnah. In all the subsequent cases in the Mishnah, Rashi does the same thing. There is an alternate gear, so you can see that in the Bach. And the Bach says that he thinks that the word Shavra is incorrect over here. But rather, it should be the Sha'avar. That Shabbat belongs to the previous week. And this is a generic statement, not a statement in particular to his neder. Which is that Shabbat Shalavar means that whenever you're looking at the Shabbat, it belongs to the previous week. It's the last day of the previous week. Therefore, if you look in Tosafot, Tosafot brings an alternate explanation of the Mishnah, and he favors this explanation. He does bring Rashi's interpretation as well. He favors this interpretation. So does the Rosh. So does the Ran. They all favor this interpretation of Tosafot, but they all bring the interpretation of Rashi. Because there are problems with both interpretations because of the fact that the Lishonot and the Gemara further on sometimes fit better according to one explanation and sometimes fit better according to the alternate explanation. Tosvot says the case here is, He's standing on Tuesday or Wednesday and he takes the Neder. What the Mishnah says is that he says, If he says this week, he means the remainder of this week. The remainder of this week is whatever day he's standing on until Shabbat. And includes the Shabbat that's coming. Because Shabbat, L'Shevavar. Shabbat belongs to the previous week. So he says, this week, this week includes the upcoming Shabbat. And that's what's meant by the Mishnah over here. Asur B'chol Shabbat. He's Asur in the remainder of the weekdays of this week. The Shabbat Shalavar. And the subsequent Shabbat, he will also count towards this week. Because Shabbat is the last day of this week. That is how Tosafot says the proper way to explain the Mishnah is. And this will continue throughout the Mishnah, this difference in the explanation of Rashi and Tosafot through all the different cases that we, we are going to see. Chodesh Zeh, he says, this month, Asur B'chola Chodesh. He is now restricted in the entire month. Virosh Chodesh La'aba. And Rosh Chodesh counts to the subsequent month. Now, according to Rashi, this is a case where he's standing on Rosh Chodesh. So when he's standing on Rosh Chodesh, he takes a neder. And the Rosh Chodesh that he's standing on counts towards the nether, because Rosh Chodesh belongs to the upcoming month. And the whole entire month, the next whole month, will be Asur until the last day of the month. The next Rosh Chodesh will already be the beginning of the next month. I know that according to Tosafot, the question of the case here in the Mishnah is the case where he's standing in the middle of the month. He's somewhere in the middle of the month, and he takes the nether this month. Well, that means that this month ends by Rosh Chodesh, meaning that he doesn't include Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh already is the beginning of the subsequent month, Therefore, he will finish off this month until Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh already will belong to the subsequent month. So again, the same distinction that we have in Rashi's interpretation in the previous case, and as well as Tosafot, will apply in this case as well. All right. Shana He says, this year, it is Asur in the whole year. And Rosh Hashanah is for the future. So, in the case of Rashi, this means you're standing on Rosh Hashanah, and you take the nether on Rosh Hashanah. So that Rosh Hashanah will be Asur, as well as the subsequent year, until you finish or complete that year. The next Rosh Hashanah will already belong to the subsequent year, and will not be under this nether. 
On the other hand, for Tosafot, you're standing in the middle of the year and you say this year. So you say this year, it means you finish up this year, but you won't have to include Rosh Hashanah because Rosh Hashanah belongs to the subsequent year and therefore you won't have to finish up the nether. Now, Rashi notes over here, it's very interesting. The Gemara says with regards to Rosh Chodesh is Rosh Chodesh Laba. And it says over here, Rosh Hashanah is Latid Lavo. So why is there a difference in Lashon when we talk about Rosh Chodesh, which means Haba, and Rosh Hashanah is Latid Lavo? So Rashi says over here, Rosh Hashanah is talking about all the days and months that are afterwards, and that is after a pretty long duration of time. So Latid Lavo talks about the far future, whereas Rosh Chodesh is talking about the near future, because Rosh Chodesh only includes the days that are in that month itself that it's found. And so the Haba means just the near future, the Rosh Chodesh and the days that are associated with it. The Rashi says the Haba references Rosh Chodesh, which normally will reference, first of all, a smaller amount of time that's associated with Rosh Chodesh, as well as a nearer time in the future, as opposed to Shana, which is a much larger swath of time and will be further in the future, and therefore it's called Latid Lavo. Next case is Shavuazeh. Shavuazeh means this Shmita cycle. Sur Bechola Shavua. Then he's restricted in the entire Shavua, that Shmita cycle. Ushviit She'avra. And Shviit belongs to the previous year. Again, here you have the different Girsa'ot. Shviit She'avra is similar to what we said, Shabbat L'Sha'avra. And the other alternative is Shviit L'Sha'avar. Versus the Shviit She'avra, like we had by Shabbat. And the two interpretations will be the same over here. Rashi will say you're standing on a Shemitah year and taking the nether. So his nether will include the Shemitah year that he's in, plus the six subsequent years, which are the next Shemitah cycle. But the Shemitah that's afterwards, the next Shemitah will not be included because that's already past the time. He's already completed the Shemitah with the Shemitah that he's standing in. Then Antosafot says that no, he's standing in the middle of a Shemitah cycle. He's in the third year of a Shemitah cycle. He takes the nether, he has to complete that cycle until the sixth year, and do the subsequent Shemitah, because the next Shemitah is Lushavar. Belongs to this cycle. It's the seventh year, indicating that's the end of the cycle. Now, what's interesting in terms of Lashonot, according to the way that Tosafot is explaining over here, the reason why you have Latid Lavo, or you have Haba versus Avar, or Lushavar, is because it has an Afkamina in all these cases. In the case where you're standing in the middle of a month, you take it head there. Then, when you say Rosh Chodesh Laba, it makes a difference. Rosh Chodesh belongs to the subsequent month, and therefore your nether will terminate with the finishing of this month before Rosh Chodesh of the next month. As opposed to the case of Shabbat or Shemitah, where if you're standing in the middle of Shemitah cycle, middle of the week, and you say this week, it'll include Shabbat or it'll include the Shemitah because they are the termination of that time of this week or the termination of this Shemitah cycle. So according to Tosafot's interpretation, the words Haba and the Shavar have a large nafkamina as to when the nether that you're taking ends. Does it end including this special day or special year? Or does it end prior to that? And that's delineated or described to us by the different Lishanot, whether it's Haba or Lishavar. According to Rashi's interpretation, all these cases are cases when you're standing in that significant day. You're standing on Rosh Chodesh, you're standing on Shabbat, you're standing on Shemitah or Rosh Hashanah. In all those cases, we say that that day, year, or a special time is included right away. And then when you finish the nether, they're not included at the end of the nether. So according to Rashi, what's the difference between Haba and Lisha Avar? Why would you delineate them with the different terminology 
if they have the same meaning in all the context of these nidarim. Tosafot simply says, that's the fact. The fact is that Rosh Chodesh belongs as the beginning of the month, and Shabbat is the end of the week. Rosh Chodesh is Rosh, so it's known as the beginning of the month. Rosh Hashanah, beginning of the year. Shabbat and Shvit are the seventh day and the seventh year, and therefore the end. And that's just practically how they're called. doesn't matter or have enough kamina to the nether, but that's just the truth. The Ran, on the other hand, extends it and says that there's actually a meaning to this, which is that even according to Rashi, that will have enough kamina if you take the nether in the middle of the month or the middle of the week or the middle of the Shemitah cycle. Rashi says the Shita, that our Mishnah is talking about a case where he took it on that day. But there might be a case where he takes the nether in the middle of the week. What will be the din of Shabbat when you take it in the middle of the week? According to Rashi, that'll be Lisha Avra. I mean, it'll include Shabbat there because it's the end of that week. And that's why the Ran says that the difference in the Shanot, even though according to Rashi, they all mean the same thing in this Mishnah, which is that day that you're on will be included and it will not be included at the end of your nether. Nevertheless, if you took the nether on a different day of the week or a different day of the year or the different day of the Shemitah cycle, it would make a difference. And that's why the Lishanot are split because Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Chodesh belong to the upcoming month or year and Shabbat and Shvit belong to the previous week or cycle. All right, so now the Mishnah says, If he said the nether is for one day, Shabbat achat, one week, Chodesh achat, one month, Shana achat, one year, Shavuah achat, one Shemitah cycle, Asur miyom liyom. Then he's Asur from day to day. Now, day to day in the parlance of the Gemara means me'et le'et. means 24 hours back to the exact time that you're standing on today. So if you're standing in the middle of Tuesday, that means that if you say one week, one week means from today till back to this time in the subsequent week, which will be seven 24-hour cycles until you get back to this point in time. So that's what it means, mate, late. The same will be true in a year. You're standing in the middle of the 15th of Shvat, then you'll have to keep it for one year until you get back to the fifth middle of the 15th of Shvat in the subsequent year. So the timing or the time period is determined by the moment that you say, and then you're taking a chunk of time which says that this is a year, this is a week, this is a day, and you take the full cycle of whatever you're speaking about and get back to the point at which you are standing. So that's what the Gemara's parlance is called, from the time that you start, you get back to that exact time in a time duration, which is either a week, a day, a month, a year later, and that will be what the nether means in this instance. This might have enough kamina to the fact that there's actually a third shita here, which is not so mikubal on the Rishonim, but there's a shita that combines both shitot, the shita of Rashi and the Tosafot, which says that if an individual standing on Shabbat takes a nether and says Shabbat Zo this week, that not only is he asur in the Shabbat that he's standing on, the six weekdays afterwards, but also the subsequent Shabbat. So this week means the six days coming up plus the Shabbat, but because he's standing on Shabbat, it includes Shabbat as well. So there is an opinion like that, that it includes both Shabbatot, the Shabbat he's standing in, as well as the upcoming Shabbat. The problem with that position and why it's rejected by most of the Rishonim is because then it'll turn out that Shabbat Zo is more Chamur than Shabbat Achat. One week is seven 24-hour periods. So how could it be that this week will turn out to have more days in it than Shabbat Achat, a full week? A full week has seven 24-hour periods. And now when you say this week, all of a sudden now you're keeping seven plus days because you include the Shabbat you're in plus the subsequent Shabbat that's afterwards. So that's why many reject that interpretation, even though it sounds and makes a lot of sense. 
They reject it because then the meaning of the word in the context of Shabbat Achat turns out that Shabbat Zo is much more chamor than Shabbat Achat, which is illogical. Because Shabbat Achat is the largest swath of time you could have for a week. It means the entire week. Entire week is seven 24-hour periods. You say this week, this week can't be more than a whole week. And if a whole week is seven 24-hour periods, this week has got to be less than that. And that's why they reject that interpretation of the Gemara. And now the Gemara moves on to delineating something by a time period upcoming, which means Ada Pesach. It says, I take the nether until Pesach. Asur Ajiagia. Then you're only Asur until Pesach comes. As Tosafot formulates it over here, the Belishom Bnei Adam Ad Velo Ad Bichlau. says, when it comes to the way that people talk in the vernacular, Ad is until that period and not including that period. Despite the fact we know that the Gemara in Brachot in Perak Revi'i has a machloket to what the word Ad means. Does Ad mean Ad ve'ad bichlal? Or Ad velo Ad bichlal? When you say Ad, does it mean until that time period, including that time period? Or does it mean just until that time period? That's only, that's B'lashon Chazal, that's B'lashon Torah. There, there's a question. But over here, B'lashon B'nei Adam, it's clear that when you say Ad Pesach, until Pesach, it means until the moment before Pesach. So if he takes the nether until Pesach, that means when Pesach comes, the nether is over. If he rather says that Pesach until Pesach is been had, then Asur Then everybody agrees that he means until Pesach has been completed. So that means Achi Pesach means until Pesach, including Pesach itself. So his netter will terminate at the end of Pesach. Now Ad, we have in our mission the Girsa Lifnei. Another hand, the Girsa in Rashi, Tosafot, the Rosh, many others is Ad Pnei HaPesach. Ad Pnei HaPesach means until the face of Pesach. That means that you're facing something in Pesach. Now, as the Rosh says over here, he has the, the most extreme view of this, but he says that there's a possibility of explaining this in one of three ways. That Ad Pnei Pesach has an expansive way of looking at it, which is that you can have three different interpretations of what it means in this case, which is the Rosh is found on Samach Aleph Man Aleph, the bottom of Samach Aleph Amud Aleph, where he has the remainder of the Mishnah. Interpret over there. It's the second to last line in the Rosh. He said, Ad Pnei Pesach. Says that three possible interpretations as what Pnei Pesach means. Ad Pnei. Ad Pnei means Yamim Rishonim. The first days of Pesach. It's the equivalent of saying until Pesach comes. Because Pnei Pesach, the face of Pesach, means you're standing before Pesach. The face, you're facing Pesach, which means Pesach is in front of you. So that means before Pesach started. Ad Pnei Yamim Akronim. It means until you're facing the last days of Pesach. It means the middle of Pesach. As long as there's still some of Pesach in front of you, then that's called Pnei Pesach. mutar, makronim. So the first days he'll be Asur, the latter days he'll be Mutar. Bi'yamimar, Pnei Pesach means, until Pesach leaves, which means that Pnei Pesach, as long as there's a moment of Pesach left in front of you, that's still called Pnei Pesach, which means until the last moment of Pesach, it's still called Pnei Pesach. The Rosh adds that third position, which is this middle position. But the Rosh never clarifies what that means. At Pnei Pesach, it says before the last days. So it doesn't clear. Does that mean before Yom Tov Acharon? Is that what he means? Or does it mean the midpoint of Pesach? Or is it after the first day of Yom Tov? You have to give some sort of significant time that still remains in front of you. I would say after Yom Tov Rishon, possibly. I would say before Yom Tov Acharon. Maybe at the midpoint. Those are all significant points of time where you would say that there's still a piece, Pnei Pesach, in front of you. He never clarifies what that would mean in terms of Pnei Pesach, and all of those could be equally
plausible interpretations of Pnei Pesach. So the Rosh says that this Pnei Pesach can have one of those three possible interpretations. Either before Pesach, the middle of Pesach, or the end of Pesach. And we don't know what it means. So now we have to understand, when a person takes a nether and he says Pnei Pesach, what does he mean in that case? So Rabbi Meomer, Asur Ajiagia. He's only Asur until Pesach comes. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Asur Ajiagiai. Rabbi Yossi says he's Asur until it leaves. So they take the two extreme positions that the Rosh noted. The mayor says it's Ad Shiagia, means until Pesach starts, you're Asur. And Rabbi Yossi takes the other extreme, which is it means until Pesach has been completed, like Ad Shiagiai, that person is restricted. Their Machloket, as the Gemara will note, is whether a person's Machnis small is a fake. Does a person put himself into a position of safek? Rabbi Meir believes that a person does not put himself into a position of safek, and therefore he only talks about Pnei Pesach, where it's absolutely certain that it's Pnei Pesach. That means before Pesach, he certainly has Pnei Pesach. That definitely is before or facing Pesach. On the other hand, Rabbi Yossi says that at Pnei Pesach, a person puts himself into a position where even when they're not sure of the interpretation, they'd still have their nether take effect. And therefore, Pnei Pesach could still be the interpretation until the last moment of Pesach. And that a person would include in his nether. The truth is that the Gemara will flip their positions and say that Rabbi Meir is Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi is Rabbi Meir, just explaining it in the Lashon Mishnah. But in the end, those positions will be flipped by the Gemara. Now, the Gemara says, Konam, Yain, Shani, Toim, Just quotes our Mishnah. And then it goes on to something else which seems not correlated necessarily. It doesn't seem that the Gemara is saying that this is what our Mishnah meant. Rather, it's now discussing something that happened at the time of the Amoraim. It's relevant to our Mishnah because it's discussing the cases of our Mishnah, but it's not an interpretation of the Mishnah per se. Which is Amar Abiyirmiya, and most of your souls have here Amar Abiyirmiya Ba'abo, Likish Techshach, Tarich Sheila Lechacham. In that case, where he says, Koneim, Yain, Shenitoim, Hayom, today, we said in the Mishnah that he just has to do it at Shetechshach. That he has to do it just until the nightfall of that day. What Rabbi Yirmiyahaba says now is that it's not sufficient that the nether terminates that night, even though technically it does terminate that night. We still require him to do a shelat chacham, my time. What's the reason behind Rabbi Yirmiyah, Rabbi Yirmiyahaba's position over here? Because Amar Rabbi Yosef, Gzeira hayom mishom yom echad. The gzeira here is that we're worried that if a person says hayom, and then that nether, which rightfully does terminate at dark that night, then when a person takes a nether of Yom Echad one day, he will assume that it has the same meaning, that one day means until nightfall. And therefore, if it's one day until nightfall, that would end that night and not go the 24 hours that he's supposed to do. So what we do is we make him do a Tarat Nidarim in order that he thinks that the nether should have continued. And the only reason we're allowing him out at night is because he did a Tarat Nidarim. That way, if he comes to do Yom Echad, he won't automatically assume that it terminates at nightfall, and he will continue on till the next day. So, Amalei Ihochi, if that is correct, if your explanation is correct, the Bach adds in over here, that's Amalei Abaye. Abaye was the Talmud of Rav Yosef, many times questions Rav Yosef. Ihochi l'gzor biyom echad mishum hayom. Why don't we have the same Gzera in place in the reverse? Which is that if he takes the nether of biyom echad, Yom Echad is for 24 hours. So what could go wrong there? He's already waiting 24 hours. And then he takes the nether Hayom, which he only has to wait until nightfall. What would he get confused? He'll get confused like this. Which is, he'll say that Yom Echad, I'm taking the nether for one day. One day is 24 hours. So he stops in the middle of the next day. So now he'll come to think that a nether can stop in the middle of the day. You don't have to go all the way until nightfall. So therefore, 
we worry about the fact that when he takes a net of Hayom, which has to go until nightfall, then he'll also make a mistake and not go to nightfall. Say, Hayom, Hayom means, okay, a little bit of time today, in the middle of the day, I can stop. Amalei, so he says back to them, that's not an equal chashash. Hayom, biyom echad michlaf. When a person says Hayom today and it terminates at nightfall, he will confuse that when he says Yom Echad, and he will think that that also ends at nightfall and doesn't go the full 24 hours. Yom Echad Behayom Lo Michlaf. People don't make an error when you say Yom Echad means 24 hours, and then the guy goes says Hayom, he's not going to think that it ends in the middle of the day. Then what's his nether for? It says Hayom, and it starts in the middle of the day and ends in the middle of the day, then what does it mean today? Today's got to mean at least a minimum until nightfall. It can't be that it just terminates in the middle of nowhere. So based on that, there's no confusion over here. If he keeps the nether for 24 hours, subsumed in that 24 hours is also getting to nightfall. And therefore, there's going to be no confusion if he keeps chad 24 hours, then certainly in the case of Hayom, he'll keep at least until nightfall and we don't have to worry about it. So Abayi's question, or what the Gemara question over here is rejected by Abayi because he says the chashashot are not of equal nature. Amar Avina, Avina now says, Amar li mar, halchi amar avuch mishmeder av Yosef. This is what your father said in the name of Yosef. The attribution of this statement of Rabbi who does it belong to? Who is the position which it's based on? So he says, It's like Rabbi Natan, who we've mentioned numerous times before in the Mesechta. We just had it back on Nuntah. We had it back on Chavbet. Which is, Person takes the nether as if he built a bama. And if he keeps in that, it's a very smaktir on the Bama. I mean, that we look at Nidarim in a very negative light. The Gemara Nuntet actually said that mitzvah lichule alei. There's a mitzvah to do hatarat Nidarim in this case. Now, this answer that's brought here by Ravina, the Rishonim argue about what is its relationship to Rav Yosef's explanation before. Rav Yosef says the reason is that we're going to confuse Yom Echad with Hayom. And that confusion leads us to put a Xera in place that you have to get hatarat Nidarim at night. Long comes Rabbi Irmia and says, well, you have to get a Hatarat night because we make you get a Hatarat Nidarim in all cases. So now what did he do? Was he arguing on Rav Yosef or is he adding to Rav Yosef? That's a Machol Gavishu name. Rashi over here says, The reason you need Shelat Chacham here at night is not because of the Gzeira Shema, but rather because you did something wrong. Not because of Gzera, the Ravina lo svirle the Rav Yosef. Ravina does not hold the Rav Yosef. This is a machlokes. A machlokes as to the reasoning behind Rabbi Yirmiya, Rabbi Yirmiya's takana, or Gzera, that you have to get a Shelat Chacham when you say Hayom, today, to get Shelat Chacham at night. Machloket, why? Rav Yosef says, because we're worried about you confusing that with Yom Echad. Ravina says, no, because we want you getting Shelat Chacham all the time. Why do we want to get it all the time? Because we don't want you taking the Darim. So even when you're near they're terminated, we still want you to get a Hatarat Nidarim because we don't like you taking the Darim in general. And because of that, we force you to get a Hatarat Nidarim even though you're nether terminated by itself. And there was no need for a Hatarat Nidarim. We still force you to do it in order to indicate to you our displeasure with the nether that you took, the Easter that you created. That is the Sheet of Rashi. Tosafot, on the other hand, says that Venira Deravina Mosif Al Tam Derav Yosef. The Ravina is not coming to argue on Rav Yosef, but rather to enhance the sheet of Rav Yosef. And basically what Ravina is saying is, Rav Yosef's reason by itself is not sufficient. If it was just an issue of confusion between Hayom and Yom Echad, that wouldn't have been sufficient grounds for 
taking or forcing him to do Hatarat Nidarim. But if you combine that together with the fact that we think that he did a Isur by taking a Neder, that really is a compelling reason to force him to do Shelat Kacham. I mean, the combination of the fact that there might be confusion from Hayom to Yom Echad, plus the fact that it's an Isur, that he took the Neder and he's Mekayim the Neder, both of those together will bring us to a point where we would demand of the individual to do Hatarat Nidarim even at nightfall of that day when the nether would have terminated otherwise. And the Rosh extends what Tosafot says even further, and the Ryan agrees and says something similar. The Nafkamino, the Nafkamino is here, Shimhaya nether shom mitzvah, we took a nether of a mitzvah, kagon, neshanot, oli truach v'mitzvah acheret, lo tzarech sheila. What we're seeing here with that gzeira or takana of Rav Yosef, as well as Ravina, is that you need two things in order to generate the problem over here, or generate the need for Shelat Chacham. The first of which is, you need to have it be Hayom, which is a duration of time, which runs us into a possible confusion with Yom Echad. Number two is, you have to be doing something wrong when you take the nether. There's certain darim that are accepted from this din of Rabbi Natan, that we saw back in Daf Chet, that there's certain darim that we view positively, especially Nidre Mitzvah, maybe Nidre Tzedakah, question of how wide that net is, is a Machlok Rishonim, at what point is the threshold between good nidarim and bad nidarim? But everybody agrees that nidre mitzvah at least are included in the good nidarim bucket. So therefore, what the Rosh says over here is, if a person took a nether to do a mitzvah, hayom, then we wouldn't make him get a shilat chacham at nightfall. Because he did something that was not an isura, it wasn't a negative nether. And therefore, lacking the combination of both Rav Yosef and Ravina, that would mean that we do not force him to get shilat chacham. Rosh is telling us that it makes a difference how you view this position of Ravina. Is it simply that Nidarim are bad? If Nidarim are bad, then we make you get a threat Nidarim. It's possible, even according to Rashi, that in a case you did it in a mitzvah, that maybe even possibly there you wouldn't require it, according to Ravina. But the Rosh says, certainly, when you combine Ravina's reasoning with Rav Yosef's reason, if you do a mitzvah or you're doing something that's positive with Nidarim, then you wouldn't be subject to this takana of Ravimriya Ba'arba. Now, the Ron raises an issue here, and the Rashba also raises the issue. The way that the Rashba addresses it, the Ran does not like, even though the Ran comes to the same conclusion as the Rashba over here. He says, Everybody agrees that when a person takes on a personal fast day, that he only intends to fast from the morning until the night. We let him go without, below Sheila, without any Hatarat Chacham. So that's the equivalent of Hayom. Hayom, the person says, Hayom ani yebetanit. I'm going to fast today. Well, Hayom, we just said, requires you now to have hatarat nidarim at the end of the day. And we don't worry about the possibility if he takes the tanit for yom echad. That's because there is no alternative. When you say Hayom today versus yom echad one day, that's a possibility in many other nidarim. By a tanit, there is no such nether of I'm going to fast for the next 24 hours when you're standing in the middle of the day. It has no meaning. A tanit starts either at nightfall and ends at nightfall or starts in the morning and ends at nightfall. Therefore, you're never going to have any confusion when you say, Hayom, today I'll be betanit, that you know that you end at nightfall because there's no tanit that goes beyond that time. And everybody knows that when you talk about a tanit, that's the parameters of a tanit. Therefore, there's no confusion here and there's no need to have a tarat chacham at the end of the day. Because you're missing that aspect that Rav Yosef says of the confusion within the nether. Then, he says, He says that, I saw something in the Rashba that doesn't please me. 
even though, again, he agrees with what the Rashba says. The Rashba says that the reason by the case of Hayom and Yom Echad that there's confusion, and by Tanit there is no confusion, is because the nature of the Nidarim. By a case of a nether of Hayom today, you could be standing in the middle of the day, and you say Hayom, it goes from the middle of the day until nightfall. Yom Echad, if you stand in the middle of the day, you say I'm Yom Echad, it means the next 24 hours you're in Tanit. So both of those can start in the middle of the day. It means that there's Zman Heter before them, and then the Easter starts from the point of the nether forward. So that's why there can be confusion between them. Tanit always starts in the morning and ends at night. So it never starts in the middle of the day. Since it never starts in the middle of the day, there will be no such confusion or conflation of a Nidre Tanit with a regular nether, and therefore this worry of Hayom to Yom Echad is not relevant, Nidre Tanit. Now the Ran rejects this for a very simple reason, which is you could take a nether of Hayom starting in the morning. You could simulate the same effect of a Tanit even in a regular nether. Who says that the nether that you're taking when you say Hayom means that you're standing in the middle of the day you could be standing in the morning and say Hayom. And that would look exactly like a neder tanit. And therefore you can't claim that Hayom and Yom Echad are always the same because they start in the middle of the day. That's not always true. They could start at the beginning of the day as well. So the Ran rejects the Rashba's explanation as to why Nidre tanit are different. But he accepts the halachic premise, which is that Nidre tanit do not require a she'ilah. And number two is that Umihai ta'im anami ha'mekabel alav litanot Yom Echad b'Shabbat if a person takes on nether to fast for one day during the week, we do not make him take a 24-hour fast. He intended for whatever the Chachamim say, which is, Tanit is from morning until night. And therefore, even if he says, I'm going to take a fast day on Wednesday, when he says on Wednesday, he means from morning on Wednesday to nightfall on Wednesday. He doesn't mean from the night before Tuesday night that he's going to begin the fast. Because Hayom or Yom, a specific day, like that, within the parlance of Tanit, based on what the Chachamim say, means a daytime fast. And that has an impact both in when he expresses the Tanit, as well as in the case where he's taking a Tanit, we don't worry about it getting confused or conflated with Yom Echad, because it's a different animal. It's a completely different category. That's how the way the Ran explains it over here. Right now the Gemara continues and says, Shabbat Zo Asur Bechola Shabbat Kula. If he says Shabbat Zo, then he's Ashur in the whole upcoming week, and depending on which girsa you had in the Mishnah, or explanation you had in the Mishnah, whether it meant the Shabbat you're standing on, or the subsequent Shabbat. Gemara says, Pshita. That's very simple. I mean, what else would you interpret? Now, this is an easier question, according to the interpretation of Tosafot, that the meaning means, this week means the upcoming six days, plus the Shabbat at the end of the week. That's Pshita. That's what this week means. So then, what would you mean? Means that, any day that you're standing on, the rest of that week, including Shabbat, is called this week. That's Pshita. According to Rashi's interpretation, it's less Pshita, because you're standing on Shabbat, that belongs to the previous week, and when you're saying this week, we include that Shabbat. So that's, again, one of the things that is not so good, according to the interpretation of Rashi, is that this Pshita is not as simple. I would have thought, made the Shabto Kamar. He means weekdays only. Kamash that that's not the case. So again, in the case of Tosafot's explanation, you would have thought this week means the upcoming weekdays. The upcoming weekdays are the weekdays that remain in this week. So that is what's meant by this week. Along comes the Mishnah to tell you, no, it not only means weekdays, it means the Shabbat as well. It means this week, including the weekend, including Shabbat. On the other hand, for Rashi, it means that you would have thought when he says this week, it just means the subsequent weekdays and no Shabbat. 
Not the Shabbat he's standing on, not the subsequent Shabbat. Kamash Malon, that includes that Shabbat that he's standing on as well. So according to the two different Girsa Oath, what it means in this instance. Chodesh Zeh Asur B'cholah Chodesh V'Rosh Chodesh Laba. He says this month, then he's Asur in the Chol Chodesh, and Rosh Chodesh counts towards the next month. Kamar again says Pshita. Again, this is very straightforward. According to Rashi, you're standing on Rosh Chodesh, and you take a nether on Rosh Chodesh, that Rosh Chodesh is included, as well as the remainder of the month. So according to him, actually, this pshita makes a lot more sense. According to Rashi's interpretation, it's very pshita. You're standing on Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh belongs to the upcoming month, and therefore includes the Rosh Chodesh you're standing on in the rest of the month. What else would you interpret it as? And that's what says pshita. According to Tosafot's explanation, that when you're standing in the middle of the month, this month means the remainder of the month, and Rosh Chodesh is Abba, well, it's not so simple, even though the Gemara is going in Pshita, that Rosh Chodesh belongs to the next month. You could have argued that Rosh Chodesh belongs to the previous month. Although, you could argue, according to Tosafot, that it belongs to the next month, because it's Rosh Chodesh. It's the beginning. It's the head of the month, which implies that it belongs to the next month. Where it says, Kitzricha, the Chodesh Chaser. When you need it, it's for a Chodesh Chaser. This is the question that you all posed in the Mishnah. What about two days of Rosh Chodesh? The Gemara here says, you need it for a Chodesh Chaser. Now, this language in the Gemara is very difficult, because everybody agrees we're not talking about a Chodesh Chaser, we're talking about a Chodesh Malay. Now, according to Rashi's interpretation, this is much easier, because it's a case where you're standing on Rosh Chodesh, on a Rosh Chodesh Chaser. Well, if you're standing on Rosh Chodesh or Rosh Chodesh Chaser, that means the previous month was a Malay. And when you're standing on Rosh Chodesh, it's actually the 30th day of the previous month. So you're on Rosh Chodesh of the 30th day of the previous month, and you say, this month I am taking the nether for it. Well, this month in that case could mean one of two things. This month could terminate today because you're on the 30th day of the month and it could be the end of the nether by the end of that day. Or this month could mean the upcoming month because you're standing on Rosh Chodesh. So the, that's what the Gemara says. That that Rosh Chodesh, the 30th day of the previous month, belongs to the previous month. Below Litzar. And therefore his nether would terminate on that day. Kamash Balon. That Karu Inche Reisha Yarcho. That people call that Rosh Chodesh, meaning Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of the new month. And therefore, when he takes a nether on the first day of a two-day Rosh Chodesh, he meant to mean this month means the whole subsequent month. That's the way the interpretation we according to Rashi. And Tosafot, the Ran over here, agreed that Rashi's interpretation is actually better over here in the Lashona Gemara. According to Tosafot's explanation, we said that he's standing in the middle of the month, and he says this month. And we say, oh, the month terminates at the end of that month, and Rosh Chodesh counts towards the subsequent month. What's the confusion over here? So the Gemara's answer is that it's a case where there's a two-day Rosh Chodesh. Now, the Gemara here says he's standing in a Chodesh Chaser. If you're in a Chodesh Chaser, in the middle of a Chodesh Chaser, that means it only has 29 days and not 30 days. So then you're not in a Chodesh Malay, and there's no confusion over here. Therefore, what the Baliyat Tosafot, the Rosh, and the Ran, everybody who follows that interpretation see over here, is that Chodesh Chaser means that the upcoming month is a Chodesh Chaser. So that means that the Rosh Chodesh that you're about to approach is a Rosh Chodesh for Chaser. But that means that you are in a Chodesh Malay now. If you're in a Chodesh Malay now, that means that the Rosh Chodesh coming up is going to be a two-day Rosh Chodesh because the subsequent month is a Chaser. So based on that, now Tosafot's interpretation is like this. You would have thought that when you take a nether in the middle of the month, that the nether would terminate on day 30 of that month, including the first day of Rosh Chodesh. Kamash Malan, that would be what you thought. Kamash Malan, that's not the case. Your nether will end on the 29th day because Rosh Chodesh is the beginning of the new month. Even though it's the 30th day of the previous month, in the parlance, the vernacular of Bnei Adam, 
Rosh Chodesh means the beginning of the new month. So even though it's the first day of Rosh Chodesh, which is the 30th of the previous month, people still see that as the beginning of the next month. And therefore, your neder, when you say this month, will terminate on day 29, even though there is a day 30 of this month, because that day is already Rosh Chodesh and belongs to the subsequent month. That's how Tosafot will interpret this. The Ran goes as far as to say, he has an even more extreme position than Tosafot, that when it comes to the numeration of the days of the month, that Belushon B'nai Adam, Rosh Chodesh, the first day of Rosh Chodesh and a two-day Rosh Chodesh is the first day of the month. And therefore, if you're going to write down what day of the month it is on Rosh Chodesh, which is the 30th day of the previous month, you'd call that the first of the next month. And then you would call Rosh Chodesh, the second day of Rosh Chodesh, the second day of the month. Now, as far as Moadim, anything to do with Din Torah, of course, the dates of the months will start from the second day of Rosh Chodesh. But the Lashon B'nai Adam and the way that people count their calendars, they would call that as the first day of the month. The first day of Rosh Chodesh would actually physically be the first day of the month, according to the Ran. So that's amazing. Tosafot doesn't go that far to say that it really would be counted as the first day of the month. It's just that people call it Rosh Chodesh. That's the way they term it. And since they term it that way, your nether, when you say, I took a nether this month, it terminates when you get to Rosh Chodesh. Because Rosh Chodesh already belongs in the people's minds to the next month, even though it's the 30th day of the previous month. The Ran goes as far as to say that, no, that's the way people look at it so much so that they start counting the days from that first day of Rosh Chodesh. So it'll turn out that months will actually have the opposite effect. In months that are Malay, they will turn out to be chaser in Lashon B'nei Adam. And months that are chaser will turn out to be Malay in Lashon B'nei Adam because they determined by Rosh Chodesh as being belonging to that month. So a chaser month, which always is preceded by a Malay month, will have two days of Rosh Chodesh. So if he has two days of Rosh Chodesh, he'll make the subsequent month actually a 30-day month, which is a chaser in Lashon Torah. So it'll actually turn out to be backwards or the opposite based on the shita of the Ran over here. Now, the Baliyat Tosafot mentioned, and so does the Ran, that Lashon B'nei Adam has impact not only in the Darim, but also has impact in Shtarot. So when it comes to writing a Shtar, that if you have a Shtar that was on the 30th day of a Malay month, you could write on that Shtar that the date is Rosh Chodesh Adar. Or you could write that is Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan. So then if you write Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan, that refers to the 30th day, and you do not have to say it's the 30th day of Tishrei. You don't have to say it was the 30th day of Shvat. You can simply say that it's Rosh Chodesh, the first day of Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh Aleph, and that would suffice. Because like in Lashon B'nei Adam, that day of Rosh Chodesh is considered to be the first day of that month. And that would be fine in terms of dating the Shtar. Now, the Rabbeinu Tam objects to that and says that in Shtarot, that you have to be Midayek, and that have Torah and implications in them, you would have to actually put in the 30 days as well. Mishem HaTosafot and the Rosh and the Tosafot themselves brings down that Mishem Rabbeinu Tam, that the way that you have to write it is it's the 30th day of Tishrei, which is Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan. So you have to write both sides of it, so there's no confusion about this. In order to be machmir, make sure that you capture it in both ways. And he brings down the Rabbeinu Tam himself. Tosafot says here, His own daughter's Ketubah, he wrote the date in that way. So there's evidence of what the Rabbeinu Tam did, that he made sure to capture both sides of the dating system over here. And now the Gemara continues. This is your question. What happens if instead of saying Hayom, which means two day, or Yom Echad, which means one day, he just says Yom, a day. My Dine, what is the din of just saying the generic Yom, a day? Ki Hayom, is it like Hayom meaning two day? Oh, Ki Yom Echad, or is it like one day? So which one is it? When you say Yom, and you just say day, does that figure, or is that the same as saying two day? Or is the same as saying one day? 
Tashvami matnitin. Let us learn it from our Mishnah. Konam yayin sheni toim hayom ein asur ela achetachshach. So now the diok is hayom ki yom echad dami. So the interpretation there would say that yom is like ki yom. Wait, but if you go on in the Mishnah, you'll get the exact opposite diuk, which is Amar Yom Echad. If he uses the word Yom Echad, Asur Mi Yom Liom. Then he's Asur for 24 hours. Hayom Ki Hayom. Then you would have assumed that the word Yom, a day, is similar to Hayom, like two day. Ki Hayom, dummy. If you just say a day, it's similar to saying like two day. Ela Maha Lekha From a Mishnah, you can't draw any conclusion, because our Mishnah talks about Hayom, and our Mishnah talks about Yom Echad. It doesn't address Yom, and therefore we can't come to any conclusion about Yom from our Mishnah. Amar Avashi, Tashma. Bring it from here. Kunam yain sha'eni to'em hashana. The person takes a nether not to taste wine this year. Nit abra hashana. And then all of a sudden there's a leap year in the middle. Asur ba ubi'ibura. You're asur in that year, and the leap year there. So he says hashana. This year, this year means until the termination of this year. Whatever it takes to get to the end of this year and to get to next Rosh Hashanah, basically. What is that? doesn't matter if it's a leap year or not leap year. Wherever you're standing in the year, you got to get to the end of the year, to the last day of Elul, in order for the netter to ter- terminate. If that's the case, then whether it's a leap year or not, you're captured and you have to wait until the end of the year. Hechi dummy. What is exactly the case here? If it's a case where he says Hashanah, that it's this year, then Lamalidam Emra. It's so obvious that if you say Hashanah, that you mean this year, and means until the end of the year, of course the leap year is included. Now, if you said Shana Achat, one year, then is the leap year included or not? Turns out to be a Machloket Rishonim over here. The Rosh says that if you say Shana Achat, it means whatever it is, 12 months or 13 months, whatever the upcoming year is, you've got to wait until that day, May 8th, the 8th, in the subsequent year. So if it's a leap year, it'll be 13 months. If it's not a leap year, it'll be 12 months. And then the Ran over here says that if you say Shana Achat, one year, it's a standard year. A standard year is 12 months. So no matter when you say Shana Achat, one year, it means 12 months, eight by eight. And that's what you'll count. And this is actually a Mishnah upcoming on Samach Gimel, where we'll see this Makloket about what happens with the leap year. There, the Ran reasserts his position that Shana Achat means one year of 12 months. But here the Rosh argues and says one year means whatever it is. That year that's upcoming is at 12 or 13 months. So what the Gemara says, if you say Hashana this year, we clearly know what it means. It means to the end of the year, no matter what happens in between. You say Shana Achat, according to Ryan, we know what it means. That means 12 months. Or according to the Rosh, it means 12 or 13 months, depending on the year. El Alav Damar Shana. Must be a case where he said the generic term, all year. Alma Shana Ki Hashana Dami. And what we're saying in this case is that Shana has the same meaning as Hashana this year. Yom Nami Ki Yom Dine. So that would be the same thing with Yom. If you say all day, it would be the same thing as saying today. Ryan says, Lo. Dolam Damar Hashana. It's a case where he said this year. What will you have thought? You should follow the majority of the years. Majority of the years are 12-month years. Therefore, what he said is meant to the end of the year. He meant to the end of the year when it's a 12-month year. And he didn't think or consider a case where it would be a leap year. That's too bad. That even though he didn't consider it, he didn't think about it. And the rove of years would not have a leap year in them. Nevertheless, if he took a netter that's this year, then he has to go to the end of the year, has to go to the end of Elul, including the leap year. And... That is the Chiddush over here. So there is a Chiddush in this, because you would have thought maybe we followed the robe of years, and the robe of years would not include a leap year in it. Okay, we're going to stop over here, five lines down on the top of Samachalif Amud Aleph.